This is a proud production of ITM Media. Happy Daytona week, everybody out there in Ramblin' About Racing Nation. Matt Beamer here, flying solo today. However, later on in the episode, we're going to have John Garrett, who is an ARCA Series driver, on with us, talking about his racing career and his rise up through the ranks. But I'm glad you're joining us. The Super Bowl's finally over. Football is over. For all you football fans out there, you might as well turn on NASCAR and Tune in to Rambling About Racing, weekly racing podcast here on the Belly Up Sports Network. It's great to be here. Daytona Week is finally here. Can't I've been looking forward to this since the checkered flag fell at Phoenix in November. I know everybody else out there has as well. And this is going to be one of those episodes. I mean, unfortunately, Preston, Charlie, and Austin cannot make it tonight. That's such a bummer, but... Because we always look forward to this time of the year. We always look forward to Daytona more specifically. Whether you're on the way to Daytona Beach to enjoy the festivities down there for the Daytona 500 the whole weekend. Or you're just watching from around the country. It doesn't matter. Hope you enjoyed this weekend. It's going to be a fun weekend. I have a feeling we're going to see stuff we haven't seen before at Daytona. Everybody in the Cup Series especially are used to these cars with the new teams and the new drivers in different places. It's going to be interesting to shake up nonetheless here. it's going to, I, I am at a loss for words of what to expect this coming up weekend here. I want to also take this opportunity if you happen to show up for my daughter's first birthday which was which was last Saturday thank you so much Caroline and I couldn't have been happier with the turnout that we had everything went well both just appreciated so much the love and support that we have from family and friends here around the area very much just one of those things where if you do have kids you know exactly what I'm saying once they hit that one year mark it is such a awesome thing seeing that and and can't wait for the next year and then the next year hopefully time slows down a little slower because i this first year flew by fast with the daughter but i'm glad everyone is doing well out there i hope everyone is doing well i should say i'm doing well myself like i said just off for the week and getting ready to gear up for daytona here like i said flying solo no problem here because we got john garrett coming on so we're going to talk to him. We're going to go ahead and switch over to him right now and just listen to what he has to say throughout his racing career. Folks, before we continue on with the start of Season 5 of Ramblin' About Racing, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online stores at Teespring and Bonfire, where you can find the latest and greatest Ramblin' About Racing gear, such as t-shirts like the one I have on, hoodies, hats, or anyone but lineup exclusively at bonfire and so much more pint glasses for your beers and everything like that just head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the stores tab and there you can find the links to both teespring and bonfire all every purchase will help out rambling about racing bring you better content and hopefully more content at at tracks around the country later on as we get there so head on over to ramblingaboutracing.com links can also be found 
be found in the YouTube video below or on your podcast description on your regular podcast platform below. Again, all proceeds help out Rambling About Race and bring you better content in the future. Hey, man. Hey, man. All right. Joined here by John Garrett, driving a number 66 Chevrolet for Fear of Motorsports in the ARCA series. John, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. Getting ready to uh, head that direction tomorrow afternoon. We're driving from uh, Athens, Texas. I think it's oh. 15, 15, 16 hours. So That's a long day. That is, but, you know, doing a little penny pension, so... We'll, we'll get there Wednesday evening sometime, so we'll be good to go. I hear you. Well, this interview presented by Devo's Outdoor Lighting. Make sure to use code RAMBLING for 10% off all your Devo's Outdoor needs. Links for that can be found at Devo's Outdoor, I should say, .com, or head over to RamblingAboutRacing.com. Links could be found under the Sponsors tab, and links will also be available on your YouTube and podcast platform, and that's rambling for 10 percent off all your outdoor lighting needs now john quick question here did a lot did some research on you before the show couldn't find a lot which isn't necessarily a bad thing because that (laughs) gives us more to talk about here but see i saw that you were from texas and that's really about it and this is your and you've only raced three races in the arca series so let's go back to texas here okay you tell us about growing up in texas you still live there obviously just based on what yes. you were saying, tell us tell us about your childhood and, and growing up. Yeah, I uh, didn't really grow up around racing. You know, we went to the local dirt track every once in a while. And, of course, you know, I was born in the 70s, so grew up watching Cal Yarbrough, Richard Petty, those guys in the 70s and 80s. Uh, uh, as far as racing, you know, didn't really – I got involved in 94 um, at a local dirt track. Did some street stock dirt tracking for, oh, 94 till 98, all around Texas. We raced at uh, Devil's Bowl Speedway. I don't know if you've heard of that or not. It's a pretty big track, pretty famous track. It's kind of where the Outlaws got started, World Outlaws. Um, So that's a big half-mile, sticky black dirt track, so it's always fun to drive. Um, After that, ran some uh, touring series, American Race Truck Touring Series on asphalt. I uh, ran that for five or six years, ran, won a championship, uh, won quite a few races. It was a uh, spec truck series, 305, spec'd out. Uh, everybody pretty much ran the same stuff. But besides that, I've been out of racing probably for 10, 15 years and uh, got the opportunity to go test uh, at Daytona last January, 2022, uh, with Andy Hillenberg. And got the bug from there. <laughs> it's uh, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. I uh, kind of gave up. You know, everybody's got the dream. Right. Kind of gave up on it. You know, I'm, I'm 52. Don't really have the money myself to do this kind of thing. But, uh, you know, it's it's all kind of lined up and uh, met some people from my past. And, and just the whole Twitch community, social media community, my local community. Everybody's really uh, just got on board and helping us pull this thing off. So going back to pre-94, what were you doing? I take it football was – I know football is big there in Texas. Were you playing football in high school? Did you have aspirations in maybe NFL, no. college? or? Um, 
I don't know if my mom's listening, but she didn't let me play football. No, it's okay. My mom <laughs> didn't let me play football as well. I wasn't as big back then either, obviously. Um, okay. Uh, no, my my brother got an injury when he played some football, and so it was out for me. I was in the band, played the drums. Uh, really, just never really was involved with motorsports. Uh, so my brother kind of got involved. So I guess he kicked me out of football, but maybe he helped me in the racing. Uh, he got involved with a local dirt track guy and i started going out there and hanging out and I'm like hey if he can do this i can do it and just kind of went from there okay so you didn't play football you were in the marching marching band i take it and that's yep. okay i was a crazy thing is not a lot of people know that i was in the marching plan band for a couple of years played drums as well as in the percussion section so there, there's a commonality right there yeah and, uh, right. although i don't race i race i racing like you do but that, yeah. that's about the extent of my racing career when it comes to that. But growing up in Texas, you ninety four. So was that around the time where your brother, where the, you started kind of going? Okay, maybe I, I'll give this a go. Ninety four, or was it earlier? Uh, ninety four is when it started. Um, I was going to the track with him every once in a while, and uh, probably ninety or ninety one. I was still in college at that time. Um, graduated college in ninety three. Uh, moved back to Tyler, Texas, went to work for my dad and uh, just saw this old, uh, I think it was a 78 Pontiac Grand Prix on the side of the road for $175 and uh, we bought it and turned it into a dirt tracker. Were you working at the time? What, what was your major in college? Let's ask that. Yeah, my, my major was marketing. Um, okay. After I graduated, I went to work for my dad at a uh, computer store in uh, Tyler, Texas. I worked there until uh, 2004. Then worked, went to, we both went to work, crazy story here, for uh, American Home Medical, which was owned by Kirby Honeycutt, who is the father of Caden Honeycutt. I don't know if you've heard that name. No, I haven't. Who, who is that? Uh, he's an up-and-comer. He's doing lots of late model stuff, and uh, this year he's running some Craftsman trucks. He's run ARCA in the past. Um, Google his name. You'll... you'll uh, and that's Honey? Pleasantly surprised. That's Honeycut, you said? Yeah. Caden with a K Honeycut. Caden Honeycut. Okay, we'll definitely yeah. look that up. Maybe have him on the show later on. But Yeah, he would definitely be good. So your racing career started off in 94. You bought that old, beat-up 1970 Pontiac, you said, right? Right. You, went for, you, you put it together. Did you know what you were doing? Did you just kind of just go no, off of what... We we were clueless. <laughs> um, a friend of mine who we had been watching dirt track, they ran uh, late models on dirt. Um, he helped put it together and got us going. We just kind of learned as we went. And then when we went to the trucks on asphalt, you know, we started over again because we didn't know anything about that either. But we, you know, met a lot of people and learned a lot of stuff. And in a couple of years, we were doing well, running races, running up front, being competitive. And uh, as far as the ARCA thing, you know, uh, Andy at Fast Track Racing, they prep and take care of the cars for us. So I don't know a lot there either on setting those things up. Yeah. What was the toughest part about learning? Because you, you didn't grow up racing, and it would be kind of the equivalent to me jumping in there without iRacing and just jumping in head first in the deep end as some might look at it like that. What was the toughest thing to figure out? Was it the setup of the vehicle? Was it the prep of the vehicle was it the actual driving was it etiquette what was the toughest part to learn because about early 20s you're expected to be already 
blazing a trail towards wherever you want to go in auto right. racing, whether it's open wheel, stock car, you name it. You you were a late starter to the game. What was the right. toughest thing to learn? Because you got these younger guys who are probably just whooping you and saying, who's this old guy coming in here? I mean, 20 is an old, early 20s is an old. Right. What, what, what was the toughest thing to wrap your head around as you started? Well, the local dirt track stuff, I really wasn't the oldest. I mean, everybody's probably 20s and up. As we got to the trucks, you know, they were getting a little younger because I was almost 30 by then. But I guess the the biggest thing to learn would be to uh, learning the setups. If I, or if I didn't know the setups, finding people that could do the right setups, get the car handling, and then uh, being patient on the track and figuring out what certain drivers were doing, who were aggressive, who wasn't. Um, and being around at the end, surviving each race. Going in from there, it, it sounds like it took a while for you to get to this level you're at now in the ARCA series, which is right there. I mean, you're right there knocking on the door of NASCAR, whether it's truck, Xfinity, or Cup. You're right there knocking on the door. But that was a heck of a time to get there. Yeah. Um, I mean, did you devote 30, 30 years? Did you devote all? I take it you didn't devote all your time, but there was other things that happened throughout your life that, you know, okay, I got to put this racing thing on hold. I mean, priorities change. Families, wives come in, children come into play. I mean, do you have a wife and kids? Or? Yeah, I'm, I've been married, uh, be 31 years. Well, congratulations. This year. Wow. Got, uh, Two kids, a daughter who will be 31, and then a son who will be 27 this year. There was really never a time that said, hey, I've got to stop racing and uh, go, do, go do things with the family. It was more that just circumstances happened that way. Funding and stuff just kind of played out when it got time to go do things with the kids when they got into high school and stuff like that. So it just, it just kind of worked out that way. And, the, right. you know, the same, the same way – Things are working out now that I'm getting back into. That's kind of a uh, a little story to be told too. How I'm how I met all the right people to be in this situation. Yeah, well, let's hear it. I mean, I mean that's I want I want to hear these. That's stories. what you're here for. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> like I'm, you said, you uh, couldn't find much about me, so right. And, here it is. And I and I'm curious because you're relatively before you followed us on Twitter here at the show. I've never heard of John Garrett, right? But an Arca Series driver who follows the show and. Okay, well, let's get him on and talk to him. And, and again, like I said, doing research is like, man, there's really not a lot out there about John Garrett except maybe local news articles saying he's finally made it to Daytona. Which yeah, I just mean, saw the local stuff, you know. Right. Before I mean, last April, you're probably not going to find much. Right, and unfortunate, um, and that's unfortunate. But I mean, it seemed to happen fast when it happened. So let's let's yeah. go back a few years before you're even thinking about loading up the hall or going to Daytona. What was the situation like with your family? I mean, was it kind of like racing's a hobby or racing's a potential career at that point? Were you working? Yeah, it was kind of a hobby and, uh, you know, always with the dream of wanting to move up the ladder and do bigger and better things, but it just, I don't know, it kind of died and 2006 2007 just you know i didn't know the right people and i certainly didn't have the money so right. it was okay i got to race you know everybody would get to race at any level so that was cool my you know my kids were getting of age doing things in high school my son was playing basketball my daughter's 
doing things. So it was okay. I had things occupied. I got into a new business that kept me occupied. Uh, I print T-shirts. I am part owner of Fort Worth Screen Printing. So if you need T-shirts. And that's kind of how what's triggered me into this racing. I used to race those trucks at a track in uh, central Texas at uh, Thunder Hill Raceway in Austin, close to Austin. And uh, there was a guy by the name of uh, Mark Curry that raced there. And we didn't know, we knew each other, we didn't race against each other. But in uh, 2019, I saw Bailey Curry in one of the truck lineups. I'm like, hmm, let me put two and two together and figure this out. So I sent him a message. I'm like, hey, how can I get involved? So I started uh, helping Bailey, uh, Bailey a little bit at Rick Ware Racing. He was working there and running occasional cup cars for him, which led to me helping Rick Ware Racing and getting my sticker on lots of cars. And then so that whole relationship has kind of uh, just moved along and grown since 2019. Well, a guy that helped Bailey coming up, and he's helped a lot of other drivers, uh, Chris Busher, uh, Kyle Weatherman. His name's Michael Harper. I don't know if a lot of people know him, but he's helped a ton of drivers get to where they're at. I print T-shirts for his monster truck show. And one day I'm delivering T-shirts to him on the side of the interstate because he's on his way to a show and we're late getting them to him. So anyway, we meet. He's like, hey, man, uh, you should go do that Daytona test in ARCA next year. What? They're going to they're gonna let me get in the ARCA car. You know, I don't have any real experience at that level. He's like, yeah, you got a good enough resume. Put me on there and you'll be good to go. So that's kind of how that started. Next thing you know, I'm driving around Daytona at 180 whatever miles an hour. And then we start round, rounding up funding to try to go to Talladega in April. And then that triggered a guy that I used to race with in the trucks. His name is Lane Moore. He owns uh, Venture Foods in Oklahoma. He came to the race after the race. He's like, hey, dude, you always wanted to race NASCAR, but I've always wanted to own a team. So here we go. We went and bought a, a Jeff Spraker ARCA car. Then we went and ran Pocono in Kansas. And uh, here we are now running the full season. It seemed like it happened fast. Oh, yeah. Really um, fast. Uh, from the test till now, there's been so many things that have happened. Right. Now, tell, tell us about I – I see the Talladega – Sign behind your car there at Talladega. Uh, correct me yep. if I'm wrong. That was your first ARCA race. Right. First ARCA race. And I had done the test in January, January, but first race. And did you go from dirt straight to ARCA, or did you have any asphalt experience between? Uh, the trucks that I ran in the early 2000s were truck, but they were all okay. short trucks. I mean, half miles, right. quarter miles. We ran, we ran the road course at Texas Motor Speedway, but never up on the big track. But yeah, no big track experience. And then they throw you right into the the and grind if, of if it there get, at Talladega. Yeah, if you make it through the uh, Daytona tests without making a fool of yourself or doing anything stupid, then uh, you're approved to run any track on the schedule for ARCA. You have to send in an application and a resume before that test. I mean, Joe Blow can't go there, jump in a car, and go make laps. You, there's an approval process. Right. There goes my chance right there. I mean, <laughs> the only resume I have is iRacing, and needless to say, you probably don't want to see my my eye rating right there, there john you might not want to race with me on there later on so the test how again you, you tested daytona did they come directly right after the after you got out of the car and stopped on pit road and say we'll talk contract down the road or was it a waiting period after the test uh no well i mean andy had rides available for talladega it's just a matter 
finding the funding, you know, and once I'm approved, you know, it, it, it was up to me to go find the funding and be able to race. But as far as uh, being approved by ARCA, I never really got a call or a letter or anything. I assume they told Andy I was good because I didn't, you know, I did everything by the book and what they wanted me to do. Didn't make any mistakes, so that was all good. And then your first race at Talladega, tell us about that. You get there to Talladega, let's run through the weekend there, because I'm curious to know, that was last year, 2022, correct? Yeah. Right, 2022. April 2022. April. So take us through that weekend, your first ARCA Series race. I mean, what are you feeling? What's going on? What's your wife thinking? What are your kids thinking? What? Yeah, they're all excited that I get to do it, obviously concerned. They trust me to make good decisions. A quick story about my wife when we were going to the test at Daytona, she was asking questions. She's like, so they're going to be an instructor in there with you? I'm like, no, it's not a school. And then she said, were you going to be on the track by yourself? I said, no, there's, there'll be other cars out there, but, you know, they'll let me out by myself so I'm not in a pack or anything. She's like, okay. So she's up on the hauler watching and, I go out and the spotter releases me a little earlier than he should have. Well, I, I go coming off turn two in the back stretch. I look in the mirror and there's a whole pack of cars coming. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going around here again on the apron. So I'm just going to ease out there and get into the pack. And it all worked out. You know, they went by me and I fell in behind them and let them go. Cause as much as I wanted to be in the draft, I knew I didn't need to be there. So maybe that was some of the things that Arca said, uh, you know, that makes him smart. He can, he can think. But anyway, that was totally the opposite of what I had told my wife was going to happen. And your wife's okay? I mean, like, I take it she is okay. You're racing the full series and the ARCA series. But when you finally got the call saying, hey, you're good for Talladega, what, what was her reaction to it? I, I can only imagine She's, yours is just like, I made it. I'm, I'm, it's happening. Yeah, for, for sure. If, if, uh, she had, if she was apprehensive at all, she's never told me about it. I mean, she, she was – Seem to be happy about it and excited that I finally get to live out my dream. Right, and and now you're racing at Daytona. Tell us, I mean, not just testing at Daytona, but racing at Daytona coming up here this weekend. That's huge right there. But going back to that April weekend right there at Talladega, I mean, qualifying and then and then the race. Let's talk about those things. To qualifying, you qual- I don't know where you qualified. I didn't see it on the stat sheet. Yeah, actually, they didn't have qualifying for that race. We just had practice. Okay. Uh, which we, we had battery and starter issues, so I didn't get a lot of laps, maybe got four or five laps in. And then based on points, I was supposed to start maybe eighth, which we all knew that was a bad idea. Right. So I went to the back of the field at the beginning. Yeah, he's kind of like and, that iRacer that starts right up front and causes the big. You don't want to be that guy. Exactly. You don't want to be no. that guy, especially your first time out there. But tell, take us through that. You did you go like when the green flag dropped? Did you just drop to the rear slowly, or did you start from the yeah, rear? Well, I, no, I went uh, with one to go. We went through the pits, and then my, there was probably seven or eight of us that made our way to the back. That okay. Way. So yeah, it was on one to go that we went through the pits and they went around. But yeah, green flag dropped. There wasn't much happening just kind of fell in line the car wasn't super great wouldn't suck up and maybe that was on purpose so i wouldn't be in the middle of that mess but uh we stayed on the lead lap until the halfway break uh, then when i came in i killed it on entry into the pit box right and those uh, battery and starter issues they came back oh. so we couldn't get it cranked get, couldn't get pushed off and then uh, finally i went two laps down and a push truck got me going so i got to start the race again 
but it seems that all of that happened for a reason because the group of guys that I was racing with, I was actually leading like a five-car draft before the halfway point. Mm -hmm. Those same guys got into a huge wreck after the halfway point. Um, so if I hadn't had those little issues, I might have been in the middle of that. And that's the wreck where they had the cut the uh, 69 guy out of the car, uh, oh. Scott Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, I remember cut, that. Had to cut him out. He broke his leg. But, yeah, hey. so I was far enough behind that that I didn't get a scratch on the car the whole race. That's good. I mean, for your first time now, that's good. And then I know you raced Kansas that same year. That was one of your – That was those were two of your three races. And then you said you raced at Pocono. What was more challenging? Because I got to know, because I've been to both Talladega and Pocono as far as a spectator to point of view. What's just, I, I would say they don't, Talladega is more stressful as far as big wreck, but Pocono is more technical as far as downshifting. And then it's just a long, drawn out. It isn't pack racing. It's just go, go, go. Yeah, Tal- Talladega is, you know, e- I'd say easy to, easy to drive, but it's so many things are out of your hand. You could be in a wreck, and it's not going to be your fault a lot of the times. Pocono, yeah, we, that was when we had bought our own car. Still with Fast Track, but we owned the car. Yeah, going down into turn one, and however fast we go, and just tap the brakes and turn left, that was that was interesting. Tunnel turn was pretty crazy, but, you know, we, we did okay. We finished 14th. Not much shift in there. You, you don't, in the ARCA, you don't shift like they used to. But, yeah, that was... Uh, Fun race. Also avoided a wreck there. There's a big wreck in the tunnel turn, far enough behind it that we made it through okay. I did have to do a little dodging, but uh, but yeah, that race ended up good. Got 14th, so we're progressing there. 21st and 14th, and then uh, Kansas. We had a nice solid run. Stayed out of trouble again, and uh, finished second. I mean, not second. At, I'm sorry, 10th. Oh, you see, you got me going. But hey, top, <laughs> I got you. a top 10 in, in your first three starts is nothing to skunk at in my opinion especially doing that and i know you're a big eye racer just high and we've talked to a lot of drivers on here like jesse wuji and brian barnhill austin terrio was on last season i racing seems to be big for development sim racing and simulator time now did, did that help out at our did you run talladega pocono and kansas on the sim are you i you just ride racing tonight, running Daytona on the sim. I mean, does that does that help? I mean, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you'd be surprised how close. If it's a recent scan of the track, how close it is to real life. The bumps and everything that are there, that's super realistic. So yeah, that helped me a lot. Those tracks, and yeah, I was just running uh, trucks at uh, Daytona. Finished second all ago. That's why I was late to this event. It, uh, I, but I haven't found a car that most closely resembles a real ARCA car because the ARCA car on iRacing is not exactly the same as what we race right. in real life. I'd say maybe uh, the Xfinity car is a little closer on iRacing. Okay. Running a full season this year, when did you get that call to say, hey, you're running full season this year? How did that transpire? Um, I mean, it was towards the end of the year, me and Lane – Lane Moore, we just said, hey, if we can, you know, go find the equipment, I, I think we can pull it off. So uh, after the Kansas race, we went and looked at some equipment at uh, Brett Holmes Racing, and we purchased a couple cars from him. So we've got uh, three cars, three engines. So uh, pretty, I think we're pretty much ready to go on that end. So and those are good cars, the Brett Holmes cars, of course, because you know he wins races and or did. Right. 
Um, so it's going to be up to me to learn a lot. I'll have a steep learning curve at most of these tracks. So at least I know that I'll have good equipment under me. And right. I, think, I think, you know, we have a goal of being top five in points and winning rookie of the year. So I don't think it's out of question. I don't think it's crazy. No, and I think a lot of people will then know your name. And sure. it will be pushed out there a lot more than it is now. And it's like just one of those things you're just finally breaking the surface. And that's you worked so long to get here. Now, I mean, hard work does pay off and, and dedication sure. to the craft does pay off. Looking at this season from Daytona on, what track are you most looking forward to racing at? And what track are you just looking at and going, I hope I don't make a fool of myself at this track? <laughs> I'm pretty confident at all of them i don't think there's any of them that i just do not want to go to like i said i have some dirt experience to have a little bit of road course experience um i'd say i'm looking forward first to going back to talladega with a more competitive car but again there's so many things that are out of your control as a driver there it's just kind of what happens happens after that i would say kansas i would be looking most forward to there because i raced there in the fall and had a decent showing and i have a much better car that we're taking for that race so i feel good about it all right and then the track you're not most looking forward to i don't know that there is one really um there's not one that really just pops up i'm looking forward to going to all of them actually I mean, that's a sign of confidence right there if you're just looking forward to everything because there's always one track, it seems like, with drivers. It's like, I cannot stand this place. Right. And, and most of them I've, you know, I've never been to or never uh, even run them on iRacing because they're not all on iRacing. So uh, right. maybe it's a little bit of uh, ignorance <laughs> that I, I don't know, you know, to not want to go to this track. But no, I'm really looking forward to all of them. Even the dirt tracks, because I've got that dirt, some dirt track experience. Right. I know it's not the same, but it's still two heavy uh, stock cars throwing them around a dirt track. So I think we'll do well there. Plus, you know, with Andy Hillenberg, a former ARCA champion on my pit box, he's going to be my spotter also. Um, you know, I'm going to get a ton of experience from him. and I, I really think we're going to do pretty good. And that leads me to this question here. Your your team there in Texas is based in Texas. A lot of other teams are based in North Carolina. Does that have a disadvantage? You, you well, know? everything's run through Fast Track Racing, which is there in uh, Charlotte. Okay. They're right next to the track. So Veer Motorsports is – we're a race team, but everything is there in Charlotte. Everything's done at Andy's track. Okay, so you're, you're just shop. you just live there in Texas. You're not right. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. We're not working on any new cars in Texas okay. at this point. Are there plans in the future to maybe move to North Carolina, closer to the racetrack, closer in that in that hub around Morrisville, Charlotte? That is racing. Yeah, you never know. It just kind of depends how this year goes. Lifetime in Texas. That's got to be tough for a Texan to say. I'm going to uproot in my fifties and and take my wife to. Right. The East Coast, because, I mean, that's a whole new world over there from Texas to North Carolina. For sure. It can't, it can't be easy. So your wife, is she going to be traveling with you this whole season? Yeah, I think she plans on making all the races. Good. She uh, she was a school teacher and retired a couple of years Good ago. So her. that kind of works out well, though she does work for me now. Work for me. What's she do for uh, you? She works at uh, Athens Screen Printing and the uh, embroidery okay. well, department. Teachers, teachers' retirement checks aren't great. Yeah, I mean, teachers are underpaid, so are police, fire, and EMS right there. If you, if you, sure. if you have to ask me my opinion, but I'm biased. I'm a firefighter on in my <laughs> regular career. 
But I mean, that's awesome, man. I mean, this is going to be, I think, really a, a breakout season. You sounds like you you have the confidence, for definitely because of Hillenburg behind you. You got good equipment. I mean, I mean, the only thing stopping you right now, I feel like, is bad luck and yourself. Right. Yeah. Just the kind of the unknown of you know what I don't know at these tracks, and yeah, bad luck, things that are out of my control. But yeah, for sure, we're looking we're looking forward to it. I, I mean, we're also realistic. I don't think I'm going to go out there and win five races, but Andy has said, you know, it's possible we could win a race, just depends. And he is, he's super pumped, because the last few years, you know, he's had all kinds of drivers in those cars, just trying to keep them funded and keeping his program going, so he is super excited to have one person in one car for the entire season so they can just focus on one thing. And the whole team there is, is pretty pumped about it. What do you think makes uh, you? I mean, I'm not trying to down you or anything, but what do you think makes you different as as a driver, as that guy, new guy coming in, that driver going to be racing full time in 2023, different than those other drivers in Andy's highs? And I know I'm not trying to have you speak for him, but right. what, what, what do you think make, sets you apart from from the rest of the guys over there? As far as the drivers, I don't know. Just that I'm going to be there every race. And to this point, I haven't done anything stupid. <laughs> I've had four chances, I guess, a test in three races, and I just go out there and I don't drive the car past the limits, and I don't do anything stupid. I'm, I'm not over aggressive. You know, to this point, I haven't got a scratch on the car. Uh, knock on wood, that doesn't mean I won't. But that's kind of how I've always driven throughout my racing career is, you know, take what I can get, don't be super over aggressive. And, um, you know, I, generally had a lot of respect from the other drivers on the track and i think i gained a lot of respect last year from the different drivers and even the uh head arca official i can't think of his name but he came over after the uh kansas race and told me that i did a good job so that meant a lot yeah peer peer acceptance is definitely big and i bet in motorsports it's even bigger because one slip up on urine could take out five ten people Right, for just sure. just like that, I mean, I mean, even the even the best of the best, I feel mess up. So I feel like it's a stressful thing in the sense of I don't want to mess up, but if you do, it's like, oh, there's nothing I can do about it, you know. But that's just kind of the ignorance and the outside looking in right there on that part. So, for sure. So tell tell us about your sponsors here in the 2023 season. Yeah, um, you know the the main funding comes from uh, Venture Foods and Fort Worth Screen Printing and Athens Screen Printing. Uh, like I said, Lane Moore, my Veer Motorsports partner, and his son Logan, they own the uh, Venture Foods. I think three or four locations in Oklahoma. Uh, for Daytona, I mean, we don't have a specific sponsor for the entire year. We're kind of piecing it together. And uh, for Daytona, we had a group of local East Texas friends that came together and got on the hood. It's called the Camping Crew. This is how we roll. So they'll be on the hood. So I'm super excited about that because uh, I'm sure that they're going to do some more throughout the year. And I've just picked up, you know, little sponsors here and there that have helped us uh fun daytona and a couple of races down the down the schedule all right, all right well i'm looking forward to it i know you're excited to go it's getting late over there in texas so we're gonna go ahead and you got what a 15 hour drive ahead of you before you get into daytona and get right. to work yeah here. it's gonna heading be out tomorrow yeah heading out tomorrow with your wife and are your kids going or are they yeah yeah they're going and family affair i tell you what 
John, I tell you what, before we leave, I love to ask this question here to all the drivers that are on our show. If, if racing wasn't in the books, if you weren't doing racing at all, if you weren't a, a, signed up for ARCA, if you never went to that dirt track in the early 90s and, and the bug bit you, what do you think you'd be doing right now? Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> because, well, because uh, something I didn't touch on is the current job in the business that I'm part owner yeah. in. I met the guy, Greg Davis, who owns it when I was truck racing. And when I didn't have a job in the early 2000s, he's the one that came to me and uh, said, hey, could you go to Fort Worth and help straighten out this business? So without racing, I'm totally clueless as to where I would be. I mean, I'm sure I would do, right. be doing something. Uh, I, I really don't know an answer to that question, except that I do not know what I would be doing. It's funny how many drivers say that, because once the bug bites you, it seems like it's like, I can't think of anything else I'd rather do than that. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Just I like asking that question. For one, a lot of drivers don't get asked that. Yeah, and it's not even that it's about the bug, but it's that since 1994, racing has intermingled into every other part of my life, you know, my job a couple of times, actually. So I just don't know what would be happening if I wasn't involved in racing because it's opened up so many other uh, relationships. And that's quite all right. I mean, just curious to know because some... some, I wish I had a better answer for you. No, I I, I love the answers. We had Howard Desavino on last year and he said he'd be a farmer. He'd just be a farmer. And it's like, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just crazy just how many people think differently of that. And it's okay. I I find it... if I've, quote, had it to do over again, I might run. I might have moved to Charlotte right. in the early, before I even started racing, just to be involved in racing. But, again, maybe all of this other stuff wouldn't have happened. So I guess it's all worked out the way it's supposed to, they say. It, it does, John. Well, again, it's getting late over there. It's getting late here. we got a big day tomorrow. Be sure to look for John, number 66 Chevrolet for Vera Motorsports, on the track at Daytona, not just for this weekend here at Daytona, but for the rest of the ARCA Series season. Track him, follow him on social media. You want tell Before we leave here, how can we? How can the fans get in touch with you and follow you and follow your Yeah, career? you can uh, find me on almost every social media platform except uh, TikTok, I guess. I I don't think they want to see me doing TikTok ah. or anything like that. But I'm on Facebook, okay. Twitter, Instagram. And if you just Google John Garrett Arca Racing, how weirdly I pop up. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you can find me on all those different platforms. And I'm, I'm pretty interactive on there, as you know. That's how I found you and you found me. Yep. So, yeah, uh, feel free to follow me and uh, shoot me a message, and I'll be sure to get back with you. Yeah, I can't wait to see you on track this Sunday. Be safe not only driving there at Daytona, but be safe going to and from Daytona as well. Looking forward to seeing you on track. And if you happen to win Daytona, I, I'm not saying it's rambling about racing's what is it magic oh. that's going to work there, but it might be rambling about raisins magic. You might have to come on every week before race day. For sure, I'll be on here every week before the race. <laughs> that happens. All right, John. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Good. Best of luck out there at Daytona. Can't wait to see you on track. And and anything else you'd like to say before we wrap it up here? 
No, I, I think that's it. Uh, just thanks to everybody that's been supporting me. Um, you know, businesses and people that I really have no ties to that have helped support me financially and bought my T-shirts and stuff like that. It's just, I appreciate all the help. It takes a lot of people to, to get you to one of these races. It is uh, super expensive, even at the level that we're doing it. So uh, just thanks to all the fans and all my supporters. All right. Well, John, best of luck again. I know I keep saying that. Best of luck. Can't wait to see you on track. And we will talk to you later, man. Okay. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you so much, John. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about a partner that has been with Ramblin' About Racing since we were called In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast and since we were on the Unhinged Sports Network, and that is Fanatics. Fanatics is your one-stop shop for everything NASCAR, for your favorite driver's t-shirts, hoodies, hats, die-cast, and so much more. But it isn't just NASCAR. I get my all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear from there as well as my Washington Capitals gear there as well one-stop shop for everything you need any type of sport you need links can be found under the sponsor tab at ramblingaboutracing.com as well as the under the podcast description and youtube description depending on whether you're watching or listening to rambling about racing head over there right now and get your favorite sports gears need for this upcoming season White flag, one lap to go, one lap right here. Final thoughts on this week's episode of Ramblin' About Race, and that was John Garrett. Make sure to check him out on track this weekend at the Daytona International Speedway, where he'll be racing the number 66 Chevrolet once again, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed that interview. Now we come to our final thoughts of the episode where we just start wrapping it up here. Hope you enjoyed it, whether, like I said at the top of the show, you're on the way to Daytona or you're just staying at home and enjoying the race there from your living room. Really do hope you have a happy Daytona race day coming up here. We got a few things to cover here before we go. Number one, make sure to sign up for the Fantasy Racing league that we host here at rambling about race and links can be found on the youtube description and podcast description below sign up before daytona at the end of the season the winner if you're not a host of the show i should say that is myself preston charlie and austin will get a 200 dollars amazon gift card right in time for christmas it's just building up and building up here so it's free to enter make sure you sign up for it tell your friends and family about it the more the merrier when it comes to that, let me get a quick update here on how many people we have here in the Fantasy League. We have 14 people that are signed up at the moment for the Rambling About Racing NASCAR League here at our podcast. So make sure to sign up for that. It will be a lot of fun. It's free. Like I said, no skin off your back. Let's keep it simple here. Let's keep it simple as a show. Now we get into this week in NASCAR. This week in NASCAR, we go to February 15th. 1953, Forty Flock runs out of fuel on the final lap as Bill Blair drives to victory in the NASCAR Grand National event on the 
Daytona Beach Road Course at Daytona. It is the first NASCAR Grand National race to be determined by a final lap pass. And that happened February 15th, 1953 at where we're going to go this weekend, Daytona Beach, or more so Daytona National Speedway. Some of us kind of wish maybe it was back on the beach, but then we see Bristol Dirt and we realize, no, it probably shouldn't be on the beach. That would be a cluster and a half. Upcoming races for this weekend, Friday, February 17th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1. You're going to have the Truck Series race from Daytona, the Craftsman Truck Series race. Saturday, February 18th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1 as well. Xfinity race from Daytona. I don't know why I tried to fancy that up here. That's my bad right there. And in the coup de gras here, the Daytona 500, Sunday, February 19th at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox, and that is going to be the Daytona 500. And those were your start times for the Daytona races. And here come the picks from the crew here at Rambling About Racing for those races at Daytona. Charlie Hercus has for Trucks and Finger, Xfinity Jones and Cup Gregson. I think he's going out on a limb for Gregson, but if he happens to do it, next race we go to, he probably won't have to buy any beer. Let's just put that on the record right now. If he, if Noah Gregson wins, no beer for Charlie. But I'm, I'm going to say that odds are he's going to have to buy his own beer the next race we go to. For Austin, trucks are going to be Corey Heim, Xfinity Chandler Smith, and Cup. Ryan Blaney came so close in 2020. I don't. We'll see if Ryan Ryan Blaney could do it, but I I'm not looking at that right now. Here's what I got for trucks. I'm gonna have to go with the veteran Matt Crafton to get it done there at Daytona for the Xfinity Series. I'm gonna say Daniel Hemrick is gonna win, and for the Cup Series and his new ride, Kyle Busch finally gets that final crown in the crown and wins the Daytona 500 for his new team, Richard Childress Racing, who hasn't won since Austin Dillon's victory a number of years ago. But I feel like it's going to be Kyle Busch's year. We're going to keep track of those all year, and by the time the end of the season comes around, we'll see who has the most victories and or the closest finishes right there, the average finish throughout the fields there. So there are our picks. Let us know what your picks are using hashtag what do you think ITM. All right, folks, thank you for joining us here for this episode of Rambling About Race, and I'm not going to beat around the bush anymore. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Make sure to tune in next week where we talk to another Arca Series driver, Braden Lester, looking forward to talking to him about his experience there at the Daytona International Speedway following the conclusion of Speed Weeks for the Arca Series. And with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up on this episode of Rambling About Race. And thank you so much for tuning in to us, whether you're on your regular podcast platform or on YouTube. Make sure to hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel and your regular podcast platform to stay up to date on what's going on here from Rambling About Race. And I'd like to thank our sponsors for the show, Devos Outdoor Lighting, Extreme Sim Racing, Fanatics, and Stand Up to Cancer for all they do, not only for us here at Rambling About Racing, but for what they do for Belly Up Sports as well. Make sure to follow Rambling About Racing on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest from the world of auto racing and to see what's going on in our lives as well. For Charlie Herkis, Chuck8384, Preston Lude, P underscore Luda, Austin Reeves, Austin underscore Reeves 6. I'm Matt Beamer, mbeamer22 on Twitter. All those can be found at ramblingaboutracing.com. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week and happy Daytona race day.